are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 95 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm here with Harry. The Lightning McQueen episode. Dude. Oh, my God. The Kachow. And Harrison Tarr, how you doing, buddy? You know? I'm great. Don't even act like you hated that. You know you loved that. It was funny. It was very Thank funny. It, that was off the dome, too. I didn't even but think about to that. What I was saying, we were just five episodes away from episode 100 of the College Loop. <laughs> hey, man. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're making it. Um, yeah, Kachow. This is going to be a hell of an episode already. I, I can already feel it going. <laughs> Um, let's talk ball, Dylan. Let's just let's just jump into it. Let's talk big cat weekend is officially over, but there's still some recruits. There's still some recruits waiting around, waiting to announce to Hugh Freeze and the uh, Auburn family that they have committed to the Auburn Tigers. Uh let's see, going into this weekend, we had what Demarcus Riddick, who already committed, then we had Perry Thompson, we had Malcolm Simmons. And we can already say that's a pretty successful weekend as, as a stand. You get one four-star, two five-stars going into the weekend. Yeah, not a bad weekend. <laughs> but what if I were to tell you, there's a good chance Auburn could maybe add one or two more five-stars to this class. Dude, um, wow, hi. Uh, first off, the I mean, I think that I'm, I'm jumping out of order a little bit here, but uh, seeing Camarion Franklin on campus at Auburn today, as, as we're recording yesterday as the show is coming out, I was kind of a little bit like blindsided. Like, I don't know that that's serious. Like, I really don't know how serious the traction is there, but like every time that a guy gets on campus and gets in front of Hugh Freeze, it feels like their Auburn is instantly serious. I'm serious. I'm I'm being serious. Um, I've been saying that word a lot, but like, I think that they're legitimate contenders every time that they can get a recruit in front of them and get them on campus. And um, I mean, I've already said it. Uh, I think KJ Bolden's coming to the Plains. Uh, I I truthfully think that we're going to find out here on Saturday, right? That's August 5th. You get two commits that day. Uh, KJ Bolden will be announcing. Angela Solomon will be announcing. Yeah, and both of those feel like very plausible um, Auburn Auburn leans or Auburn commits. I, like I said, KJ KJ Bolden more than Julia Solomon, which I'm okay yes. with picking up the five star over the four star. Yeah, well, not that you're particularly picky, um, but <laughs> folks, this could be the week that Auburn jumps Alabama in the 2024 recruiting cycle. Uh, Colin, when you're listening to this, listening back, that's your quote. Right there, um, one of your quote graphics for sure. And I, I don't go out of my way to find those things, but that's super, super important, right, Dylan? Oh, yeah, for sure. And you bring In up Kamari- first recruiting class? Uh, yeah, you bring up Camarion Franklin, and he actually told uh, 24-7 today, or yesterday, that's, but when he was but talking about being in Auburn, that's what I like. Auburn's like the underdog in my process. Not a lot of people talk about Auburn, but I feel very, I feel strong and good about Auburn, is what he said. Yeah, an underdog is a hell of a statement there, uh, and that's not me. That's not me saying that you can't say that. It was just an interesting way to describe a school, right? Because yeah. when it, when you when you talk about when recruits talk about the guys or the, the schools rather that are seriously in their consideration, underdog's not really a word we hear very often. And I may be reading into this a little bit too much, but that one raised my eyebrows a couple times still, and I was like, underdog. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, it's it's almost like when we say. We think that Auburn can be a dark horse for this recruit to commit to. It it kind of feels like that's what Camarion was kind of alluding to. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not reading more into it and saying that he's going to be an Auburn Tiger. I I, I think that that one's still a lot of ground to, to, to be made up. That right? one's very much in the air. Uh, it's Auburn, um, Miami, Tennessee, and uh, Mississippi. Yeah. 
it's and 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 any of those all those schools recruiting with the exception of the Mississippi's um recruiting at an exceptional level right now um so good good company to be in but at the same time I thought that was fascinating it's almost like everyone always kind of loves to cheer for the underdog like why would you mention that like you know what I mean like kind of weird but also I mean clearly the coaching staff has done an exceptional job of of putting on a phenomenal big cat weekend extended big cat weekend if you will um with with really really getting in front of these 24s before this dead period that's about to eclipse and and and, and arise um man uh, auburn could end up with blank a number of five stars by the end of this commitment because of cycle down yeah three it sounds the most realistic uh, because you go into a weekend where you feel very confident. I mean, we had a very funny graphic and I really wish I would have uploaded it just to show everyone that hasn't seen it, but I guess go to the college of Twitter or Instagram to go see that hilarious graphic of Harrison Tarr, the fortune teller, Cristobal and KJ Bolden to the Auburn Tigers. But you go into, and if you can find a way to pull out with Camarion Franklin and I think you can find a way to get four or five stars in a class for Auburn. And we talked about it. This only ever happened once where you get more than one. It was what, 2013 we talked about? You got two. Uh, you got three. No, three. three. There's, you you're talking three. about more than two. And more yeah. than one, it's happened actually a handful of times. Yeah. But more than two is you're starting to go, okay, hi. What's going more on? Three. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that just would be unprecedented uh, in recent memory at Auburn. And uh, that, that really speaks to the coaching vision. Um, and Dylan, I'm with you. I think that actually I, I feel good. If you guys listen to the show, I feel good that Auburn will have three five stars after this weekend. Um, and, uh, I think your absolute ceiling's four. And I think it's worth mentioning the fact that the 2024 class is not even done being ranked. So at the end of the class, Auburn could have a few more five stars added who were already added before Big Cat Weekend. This one's a stretch. I like this bullet point, but I'm, I like this talking point. Go, go ahead and ask it, Dylan. I just, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm there. I'm not, I'm not sold yet. I mean, it, a lot of groundwork has to be put in for both, sure. both these sure. guys to get to that point. But Walker White and Joseph Phillips were, I think, are our highest rated four stars in the class. Is there a chance that they could perform well enough in their senior years to kind of bolster themselves up into the five star range? There certainly is that chance. Um, there's uh, there's always this inherent chance that you could, if you're a bubble guy in terms of your rating uh, or ranking, rather, going into your senior season, um, that you could see yourself vault up the the boards or or vault up in in star rating. And and we really get hung up a lot on five stars versus four stars versus three stars. There's a very interesting statistical breakdown that I think we should include on the Thursday show this week of how often those guys pan out to be NFL talents. Um, we get really hung up on that, but it's not the end of the world for one. Uh, and two, it's still not an easy feat. Uh, it does help, in my opinion, in both of these cases, that they're, they're committed to Auburn. Um, for whatever reason, it seems like I know that Auburn fans are always, oh, well, so-and-so was a five-star. They were a four-star, but they committed to Auburn. Well, they also kind of digress their senior season. Um, and it's hard to lose a star, but it, it, it happens. Um, and, oh, they committed to this school, so they lost a star. I, I don't I, I don't know how much validity there is to that. But being committed to an SEC program at this point now and what SEC, the SEC is becoming a super conference um, in the, and continues to be unequivocally the premier conference in college football, it does feel like it helps your case. <laughs> and you certainly have those eyes on you. Um, I don't know. I, I think that Walker White might have the wiggle room there just because it's a little bit easier 
to gain attention at the quarterback position and at the skill positions where you get the ball a lot. Um, and I just, I, I don't feel great about it. I don't think it matters. No, I don't, it really doesn't matter. It's really just thinking, well, because they're both ranked in the composite, in 24-7's composite, four stars, uh, 0.94. And I think you'd be, what, a 0. 0.9, 0. 0.98, 0.97? It's 0. Be, 0.97 bubble. 0. 0.97 bubble, <laughs> which sounds very, it, 0. 0.03 sounds like it's very close, but in realistic settings, I it's don't not. Think, It's not. It's <laughs> not. It's simply not. Because, um, but imagine I'm just imagining a world where you find a way to get KJ Bolden, and if you do miss out on Camarion Franklin, because we we I think of all the five stars that are available, I think he's the longest shot. And I'm oh, sure I certainly, that. certainly. Agree. I, I've said that I've said that before, and I was deadly wrong. Maybe about maybe Dylan's doing a little manifesting here, but I, I actually genuinely agree with that take. Uh, but if you can find a way to get KJ Bolden, and he adds three five stars to the class, and then Walker White is ends up having a great senior season. And uh, in, in Arkansas, and he becomes a five-star quarterback. That's four right there. And then Joseph Phillips finds a way to just show out a Booker T. Washington, and he earns a five-star. Just imagine an Auburn class where you have – you go into – No one's pushing Auburn. his radical five-star agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's what the that's what the Hugh Freeze uh, system does to you because you're wondering just – is Hugh Freeze about to go into his first season with a potential chance to have five five stars in the class of 2024? There's an inherent chance regardless. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, Auburn is in – I think it's important that, to note. Um, five five stars, by the way, is not on my bingo card at all. Um, then again, I don't know that three five stars is on my bingo card. And now it is. <laughs> um, but I think four is your absolute ceiling there. Yeah. That All that to say um, – it is super, super important to know. note um, this is the most impressive display of recruiting we have seen at Auburn quite possibly ever outside of the work groundwork that Pat Dilaid when, when he was he was at Auburn. Completely different recruiting system. Things work way differently there. But Pat Dye's recruiting te- techniques are, are there, there's proof in the pudding, right? Uh, Bo Jackson. <laughs> uh, bingo. Thank you. That, that was the window. Thank you for picking it up. Um but it is so important to to recognize the fact that Auburn has not been, I don't think, in the game with as many recruits in one cycle. And and I, you know, there's there's it's hard to say that there's a number to this, right? But I don't feel like Auburn's been as competitive with this amount of guys and certainly a very long time, maybe ever. Um, this being year one, Hugh Freeze certainly taking it to heart that he's said time and time again, 2024, the class of 2024 will be a large defining factor in his success at Auburn. Thankfully, he acknowledges that. Um, the previous administration did not grasp that concept. Uh, Auburn fans were sold after the 23 miraculous pull-off of, of what the Freeze staff did. This 2024 class, this could be a group to help Auburn get back to a national championship contending level. If Auburn continues to recruit at this level over the next two, three years and continues to work the transfer portal, this precedent is unbelievable. It's it's unreal. The last time we saw guys buy in like this, and I, I know I'm kind of I'm not trying to veer off topic here, Dylan, but I think it's applicable about just understanding the significance of this. The last time we saw a first time head coach, first year head coach, get this much buy in and this much attention from recruits, his name was Kirby Smart. 
I, I, I'm, I'm being, I'm being genuinely honest. Um, and now, am I sitting here telling you that Hugh Freeze is the coach that Kirby Smart is? I, no, I, I cannot t- say that right now. Kirby Smart is one of the best coaches in, in, in the game, period. But this kind of buy-in and being this competitive with these caliber guys, it is about the Jimmys and the Joes. What a precedent this has set. And what a success Big Cat Weekend has been. That's being said, four or five stars is my absolute cap if that is to happen. Yeah, and I that's just the ceiling that the realistic ceiling. It, look, Auburn fans, that should make you jump over the moon. You should be on cloud nine. I mean, and, damn. And then we get to the hypothetical role where fat Burnett rushes for 3,000 yards at Andalusia. And, hypothetical? Yeah. Amon Lane gets 70 picks in one season. And Jane Lewis, 69 interceptions. You know, Very nice. You get 14 five-stars in one class, all earned the five-star in their senior season. I, um, I, it's, it's plausible that a couple of these guys, namely. Um, I think it's only really the two. Yeah, I'm about to say, uh, namely Walker White or Justin Phillips get a fifth star. I don't think so. I really don't. Um, love Walker White. Love his upside. Love his game. Um, he's the next guy at Auburn, in my opinion. Uh, and I think most people would agree with me. Sure, certainly Coach Free sees that. Um, but, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I don't think that a five stars in the cards. I don't think it has to be. Just, just to be honest with you. And I mean, if if committing to Auburn has any recollection, if he was to get a five star while being committed to Auburn, I mean, he can already say he's a better he's better uh, developing quarterbacks than Gus Malzahn was. True, <laughs> because while um, being committed to Auburn, he he actually improved his game instead of digressing from season to season. And for the avid viewers of the College Loop, you already know this, but for those of you who are new, first off, welcome to the program. Love love to have you. Welcome to the Loop. Um, if on three or 24-7, if there's a discrepancy between four-star and five-star for Walker White, um, whoever lists him as a five-star is who we will unanimously decide is the absolute best at evaluating the talents of Walker White. Just, yeah. just so you guys know. Until the college loop has their own recruiting service, and then everybody who commits to Auburn will get a five-star and everyone else will get a one-star. <laughs> it's crazy how it works. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts that Auburn has the number one class in the country. <laughs> Every year. It's- yeah, it's insane. I mean, Hugh Freeze yeah. is just on X Games mode. <laughs> <laughs> But to bring up the fact, I mean, we're going to skip around a little bit now, just to bring up the fact that Q Freeze is on X Games mode. Who is the biggest commit of this weekend? What would you say? It was, it's, of course, just fill in the blank. Just I mean, fill in I, the blank. I want to know if this is a trick question. No, just fill in the blank. It's I'm getting it's got yeah, Perry Thompson. Exactly. Okay. Who, I, I, which, I was wondering if you were sitting here like, so <laughs> I know that Perry Thompson's a five star, and I know this is a big deal, but here's why. <laughs> Perry Thompson told everybody why he flipped from Alabama to Auburn. And he went on a podium. I'm going to paraphrase it just – I'm going to get the, the meat and potatoes of it. He said, Nick Saban's a good coach and all, but Nick Saban's a good DB's coach. But he's looked at what Hugh Freeze has done in the past in terms – DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf and the DK Metcalf. A.J. Brown. Laquan Treadwell was a first-round wide receiver, and they sort of say he probably – Shouldn't have been, but he did so well at Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze that he the track got record's traction. there. The track exactly. record's there, and not to mention, I, it's very hard to develop talent such as Julio Jones and Amari Cooper in a first round talent because I feel like when you think of guy like Kobe Bryant and LeBron James jumping from high school to the NFL, Julio Jones could have done that. Yeah, <laughs> that's just how good Julio was. But we saw active development of a wide receiver position at a school. That was really a kind of a laughing stock of the SEC at the time before he freeze got there. 
And you see, again, DK Metcalf. You see Evan Ingram. You see A.J. Brown and Laquan Treadwell. All guys who were pretty much unheard of until they got to Ole Miss and became the wide receivers that they are today. Guys who are like top, I want to say top 10 in the in the NFL in terms of wide receivers. And for Evan Ingram, maybe probably top 10 for tight ends as well. And it's really hard to get in those, like rank that high in, the, in those positions because it's the NFL. Sure. Those are professional athletes. And Hugh Freeze took Ole Miss. And I know people will say, well, he can't win more than nine games. He can do it at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is not a powerhouse. They never right. have been. Right. They, they never will be. That's just what Ole Miss is. But Hugh Freeze took a team that, again, laughingstock in the SEC for the longest time until he got there to a nine-win team, annually, kind of. And a team that Nick Saban struggled to beat sometimes, and he had a two-year period where he couldn't beat him at all. Right. And you see Perry Thompson goes on stage, and he's like, yeah, Nick Saban's a great coach, but he's a defensive guy. Hugh Freeze, I've watched and I've heard and I've seen the development that he can do with wide receivers, and that's why I flipped. And to to hear a recruit talk about how great Nick Saban is, but then go like, "Yeah, Nick Saban's great, but Hugh Freeze is, but this Auburn, the Auburn coach is works better, better for me. works better for me than the Bama coach does." And all you've heard all week long is just how you're only going there because of playing time. You're only going there because of this. You're only going there because of that. No, he is going there because he sees a fit that works well for him with Hugh Freeze, with his coaching staff, because his coaching staff is very pro wide receiver development. Nick Saban is a great defensive mind, but Hugh Freeze is great with wide receivers. It also doesn't hurt hurt that there's a lot of excitement in Auburn right now. Um, And Perry Thompson it kind of expressed that too. It's the energy is tangible. Um, and, and the excitement around the program and the trajectory around the program, that's, I mean, that's huge. I do want to take a second to talk about Perry Thompson. Um, this isn't on the script, Dylan, and you already know where I'm going with this. Um, normalize not being weird recruits. Um, just normalize it. Um, Auburn fans included. And in and, and, and large, you guys are really good about this. Um, when a recruit decides to take their talents elsewhere, when they flip, and I'm going, going to tell you guys right now, Hugh Freeze has had all the traction in the world right now. One of these guys could still flip elsewhere. I, I don't think they will. I'm not I'm not expecting that. But in Hugh Freeze's tenure at Auburn, someone will flip from Auburn elsewhere. That will happen. Uh, it will happen at least once a recruiting cycle. Uh, it's it's not not atypical. Stop being weird to recruit and, say, and saying that they're making the worst mistake of their life. And this goes from everyone from Joe Schmo to freaking Antonio Brown. Um, that was a horrible look. Uh, no, I mean, this is not just the Steelers fan of me getting, getting, getting heated. That was weird. That was big, big weird. Okay. Um, yeah. For those of you guys who have not seen it, um, Antonio Brown reached out and DM'd Perry Thompson, who's about to be a senior in high school, a senior in high school who just made the biggest decision of his life to this point to commit to Auburn University after being previously committed, uh, committed to the University of Alabama. Huge flip, huge moment for him, huge moment for his family. And Antonio Brown reaches out and says, why the hell are you flipping from the University of Alabama? There's no amount of – and it, the, it's cut off the screenshot. It, it, it's cut off the cheating read where it says there's no amount of money that – and the implication there, I'm going to make assumptions. I know you can't do it without making an ass out of you, me and you. But there's no amount of money that should be able to pull you away from the University of Alabama, no amount of money to play for Auburn, whatever that was going toward. Use Antonio Brown as an example for a lot of things to not do in life. 
This is one of them. Um, please, for the love of God, stop being weird to recruits. It, it's, it, it is truthfully disrespectful to them and their families. Um, there are guys who are in the NFL right now that I don't appreciate the way they handled their recruitment process. And I don't necessarily have a ton of respect for the way that they handled the, their recruitment process. But at the end of the day, that's their choice and their family's choice. It's not yours. You don't know these kids' backstories. But I think that, in large, the Auburn family's done a tremendous job of not belittling anybody. Now, granted, things have been pretty much going your way. So keep that same energy uh, when things don't go your way. But not being overtly assholes um, like Alabama fans and Georgia fans have done as of late Tennessee fans when Keldrick Falk flipped. Let's not forget that. Um, even, you know, the Connor Luce uh, smoke really, really pissed some people off too. Let's not forget that. Uh, it's it, This is just an opportunity that we preach this all the time, Dylan, and I just want to keep hammering this into people. I love the fans of the College Loop, and you guys are awesome because you guys really don't do this. But we're, what we're, let me tell you what we're not going to do right here on the show. Let's talk about the reason, like the negative reasons why kids may – have committed elsewhere or committed to Auburn, whatever that may be. Uh, we're just going to be happy for them. That's that's just how we go about things. These kids are all taking a huge step in being able to get their education paid for, even if they don't go to the NFL. Keep that in mind. Sorry, that's just so, so important. And seeing Antonio Brown do that really, really pissed me off on another level. One, because I hate AB with every fiber of my being. Uh, but two, because he seems to think that he's above that and that he can reach out to these kids because a lot of them watch, grew up watching, probably watching his highlights. Um. Well, no, he does, he has no connections to the University of Alabama. Yeah, you went to Central Michigan, by the way. You have no right to know to say you know anything about college ball. Sorry, period. Um, I don't even think Nick Saban knows Antonio Brown like that. I'm sure not. Like I'm, I'm sure not. Uh, no, just, just saying, um, playing uh, collegiate football at the Division One level, regardless, is impressive. I absolutely 100, regardless of the conference. But you played at Central Michigan. You don't know shit about the SEC. You don't. And actually. With your talent evaluation coming out of high school, you really don't know what this kid went through. You have no idea. Antonio Brown, I believe, a three-star wide receiver out of high school? Possibly. I have no idea. Freaking sick, bro. You don't know anything to be able to talk to a five-star. Anyways, that's my that's my soapbox uh, for not being weird to recruits. But if it, was, if it was Julio Jones, I, I'd be – I'd still be I'd – I'd have beef with Julio Jones, but, I mean, I've, I've always had beef with them. Uh, <laughs> but Julio Jones would make sense. Yeah, that's because, a tie you know, the University of Alabama saying, hey, man. But also, Julio's not insane. Julio would not have come after him and said, you know, this was stupid. He would have said, hey, man, I think you should reconsider Alabama. Like, And you know what? At that point, that's a proven product from your university. I really don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. It, it, it would be not dissimilar to an active, uh, an active Auburn player looking at any of the, either of those guys uh, down in Tampa, reaching out to a DB and saying, hey, man, I really developed at Auburn. You should really reconsider this. That's that's different, not applicable still because the coaching staff's different. But like you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I mean the coaching staff is very different. Uh, There's just different wide, same head coach for Alabama, but very different coordinators because <laughs> there's a carousel every year for them. That that's kind of the point you want to get your program to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You that, that's the good version of the carousel, not the, <laughs> not the Malzon version, late Malzon version of the carousel. But to bring up some more recruits that's going along, uh, Auburn is receiving more crystal balls for DeAndre Carter, who now that Jaquan McCroy has decided he wanted to commit to to University of Oregon or Oregon University, uh, home of the uh, zero national championship winning Ducks. It's right there on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on, the on the 50, 50 right yard line. On, right there on the logo. 
DeAndre Carter has become my favorite offensive line recruit uh, just because I had no idea who he was until probably about two weeks ago because I, I was like, Auburn is a recruit in California. Why should I look at the California rankings? It just it's never happened. I, and I struggle to remember a, a recruit that came from California. Uh, and this, but DeAndre Carter, six foot four, three hundred forty pounds, a dude who can move. So I, I think was it you or was it Hillman that compared him to the Boulder and like Indiana Jones? Hillman. <laughs> I think it's a great analogy for DeAndre Carter. It was fantastic. Yeah, but now Auburn is receiving more crystal balls for a, another defensive player from IMG Academy. I've never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> so you go from getting a crystal balls from a four star from modern day to you flip it over to Florida and you're getting CBs from a four star from IMG Academy. The premier, the premier athletics high school in America. I think a team that on record per, or per use has like what? 10 D one players at any given time. And I'm lowballing. I'm very much. Low yeah. Like 20. Like, they usually both sides of the ball go D1. Yes. Like, but power five. Let's see. TJ, TJ Lindsay, uh, six foot three, 291 pounds. Uh, dude is a monster. Uh, he's still looking around. I believe it's between Auburn, Miami, Texas, and Texas A&M. But with Auburn getting a lot of traction for him, I like Auburn's odds. I really do. And it beef up this class some more and – you know, you always talk about how much you want to fight. You always want the five stars to boost up your rankings. But at this point right now, the Go four ahead. stars do more for the rankings right now. The more mm -hmm. you get uh, than because we said KJ Bolden brings you up, what, two spots right behind Alabama? You got but your five stars that are meeting your potatoes. Now you're getting your trimmings. Yes. And a guy like DeAndre Carter, who if Jeremiah Wright has a great season, if uh, Tate Johnson leaves – Dodger Carter is big enough <laughs> to where you're like, I kind of kind of want to see if you can work him in day one. Uh, which, I mean, and we've been hearing that a lot with Connor Lou. I mean, the, this uh, Jake Thornton has been very avid on trying to fit in the right guys in this offensive line. You get DeAndre Carter. I mean, that's again, like I said, at the anchor of your O line right there, and that is a that is a big boy who can <laughs> who can move. That's right. Uh, but if you can pick up TJ Lindsay, that's. I, I, how many D linemen is that? Is it one D lineman in this class now? I think it's one right now. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not counting Joseph Phillips because he's an edge rusher uh, per 24 seven, right. but you get another D lineman, you beef up that position some more. And I mean, that's one of those positions that can be real, real heavy in the portal as well. So Auburn's looking to beef up that position. Uh, and it, as a, like, it, like it wasn't years past, like 2019 was like the last time I remember Auburn having a really, really dominant defensive line. Right. And it's kind of hard to compare any other defensive line to that one. But the last year you had Colby Wooten and Derek, uh, Derek Hall. But Eku would have stayed healthy, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, Jason Jones just wasn't there last year. Uh, he he's progressing this spring. But last year he just wasn't the guy at DT. Uh, you had Marcus Harris, who. Kind of you like gotta move forward, a bro. Bit. I'm gonna start banging my head into this wall behind you. <laughs> I'm really sad about Eku now. I'm I'm depressed again. <laughs> I want everyone to know. I'm putting the word out there. Eku Leota is my biggest what if in 2022. Like like individual. Like what if he would have stayed healthy? Um, I think he he buys Auburn another, another win. I'm being so serious. That guy's so damn good. 
Um, and, and, and I hate that he didn't get to put out all of his, his, his talents on display throughout the SEC season because dude would have gone way higher in the draft. Yeah. Uh, and by way higher in the draft, you just mean drafted. 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 <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying he would have been higher than we were, were even anticipating. And I know he went undrafted, but like there, someone would have selected him. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. That, that dude is a ball player. But and uh, and it's worth mentioning as well, just to move on to the next next uh, recruit. Uh, I say recruit. Uh, the next signee. Uh, Auburn, oh, yeah, by the way, Auburn like signed someone today. Like <laughs> Auburn signed a 2023 transfer. Uh, the I believe the day before spring training starts, right? Spring practice starts this you week. Mean, you mean fall camp? Fall camp. Sorry, yeah, fall camp. Like the well, I mean, to be fair, to I mean, fall camp. to be fair, this kid fully thought he was going to be playing for a different head coach under a different fall camp. Yes, and if you didn't, if we, I guess we haven't said it already. Uh, so his name is Dylan Cinda. Uh, he's from Michigan. He originally committed to Northwestern. But if you have been sleeping under a rock, uh, Northwestern has since fired their head coach under some uh, scandals that went along there with hazing Wild. and whatnot. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald was there forever. Yeah, I, I think. Longer than we've been alive, right? Uh, I don't think it's been that long. I'm going to fact check. But we can I think it's at least 15 years I at the bare minimum. I don't think it's 20. A year, at least getting close. But you – I don't even – I guess – when you're when your coach gets fired, you get like a little bit of like leeway. Like you could transfer out if your coach gets fired. I think that's how that works, right? Yeah, it's a free transfer, and it should be. Yeah, and you know he, I guess he entered the portal. I had never even heard of him, and then all of a sudden, boom, there he is on Auburn Auburn football. Dylan Cinda signs with the Auburn Tigers, and dude is a monster. Six foot five, two seventy five. He's a three star alignment, but I'm gonna back up the fact that. Three-star alignment can be literally anything from four or five stars because you can't really rank five stars like or cannot really rank offensive linemen like evenly because it's a different thing for everybody. Because uh, you see, if some guy, if someone's going to run blocking without pass blocking, it kind of affects everything. But Dylan Senda, I think, uh, was a number I think number forty-three offensive offensive guard in the class of twenty twenty-three, uh, number twelve overall in. A never overall player in the state of Michigan, a uh, player that I believe Northwestern was very excited to get, uh, and turned it around. Uh, they fired their head coach, and walks Hugh Freeze to recruit a guy, to recruit a 2023 guy who just entered the entered the portal, picked up a another offensive lineman, a position that Auburn struggles so much to recruit in the past, but I don't think I think it's more of a depth piece so. Yeah, for sure. And developmental piece. I mean, why not? Yeah. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald was at Northwestern from 2006 until 2022, by the way. Um, like, so, that was his full season, 10 so years. 15 years. 15, 16. 16 years. 16. Um, which would be why I thought he'd been there as long as we've been alive, because that literally dates back to, like, the year I started watching college football. Um, <laughs> that that makes some sense. Um, just, for, just for funsies, I know this is an Auburn podcast, not a Northwestern podcast, but – um, his conference, re- his overall record was 110 and 101 at Northwestern. And his conference record uh, was 65 and 76. I'll take shit that would not fly in the SEC for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, Northwestern has never been like a premier program in the slightest outside of academics. But, you know, you yep. have, it's like Paul Georgia Johnson Tech. could have done that job just as well, though. Yes. Uh, Matter of fact, Tech- he, he, he did. Exactly. Maybe a little bit better. 
Well, here's the thing. It's we we don't know how much we don't know what was going on up there. We don't know everything that was going. Oh, on. Oh, I'm not speculating that. I'm just talking about that mediocrity or subparness would not fly in this country. It's it's because Northwestern is like sub Ivy League, so they okay, yeah. Really... But even our school school is good at something. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I think they're good at like lacrosse, math tests. They're very good at lacrosse. Math actually, math. I remember that. Yeah, they're very good at test taking. <laughs> and Pat Gerald likes to make sure that his athletes are really good at test taking as well. So that's why he stays so long because his athletes get good grades. Okay, fair. That, but, that's, yeah, that's, that's very, I'm going to call them the Northern Georgia Tech and the Northern Vanderbilt. <laughs> um, that's fair. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this, this, uh, before we get to Mississippi State preview, let's talk about Jordan Hare Stadium is going to look a little new. Starting as it this year? Yeah, it's going to stock. Yeah, they're adding tables to the corners. Essentially, they were like, we're going to make VIP areas. They're high top bar tables. High top bar tables in like the worst spots, too. Yeah, you can't see anything. Lower bowl, right next to the gates and the bushes. You got to look through the media to see the game. But luckily, you get a nice 48 inch TV to watch. That's nice. Yeah. That you can't hear because you're, and especially if you get seated. In the southeast end zone, right by, right in front of, I believe the southeast, right in front of the band. That's awesome. In the student section. That's awesome. I mean, I, I just, I just, I want to go. That's simple. Uh, I, I want to sit there, um, and and I'm going to be miserable the entire time. So that's really really neat, Dylan. Before we get to the Mississippi State preview, I got a question for you. What's that? How you feeling? I'm feeling feeling a little good. I feel I'm, good. I'm feeling a little loopy. What about feeling you? loopy. I'm feeling loopy. Well, Tart, do I have the shirt for you, man? Well, hot damn. Look, at if you have not noticed already, we have shirts on thewarreport.com. You can go to the shop and get your own feeling loopy shirt. Me and Tar wear ours all the time. Sadly, we're not wearing it right now because... You have to wash it at some point, Dylan. You got to wash it. I mean, that, that thing is constantly in the dryer, constantly in the washer and dryer for me because I love wearing it, and I'm not BSing anybody at all. This thing is comfy. It's awesome. It feels great, and it looks even better. So if you want your own feeling loopy shirt, go to thewarreport.com, go to their shop, or if you want to make it easier on yourself, go to the link in the description below. It'll take you right to the shirt on the shop. But, yeah. I just thought I'd give you you that layup. Now let's talk Mississippi State ball. (laughs) Let's talk Mississippi State. And if you remember last week, Auburn, in my world, beat Ole Miss, but Colin and Daniel both decided to go against the grain and pick Auburn to lose to a team that they never lose to uh, more than once in a row. Uh, but Tar, just to get your opinion on the matter, who do you have winning, Auburn or the other team? It's Auburn or the wrong answer? How about that? <laughs> uh, I've, I've Auburn taking down Ole Miss. Um, there you go. And, uh, and I have it close. Closer than it than it probably should be. Um, just given the state of the roster for Auburn right now, I mean, people need to take tamper down and um, expectations for this year. I do think Auburn can win eight games, um, seven or eight games for sure. But keep in mind that all this recruiting traction and excitement uh, is for the twenty four class. The twenty three class is gonna be special too. I really, I really think so. Uh, but let's let's uh, let's make sure that we keep that in check <laughs> and remember that it is it is a process. That being said, um, I like. Um, let's go 31-26, Auburn. I like it. Some, some kind of goofy score, you know what I mean? 
I like it a lot. It's an old miss game after all. Yeah. And you know, at this point for, for me and you, at least Auburn is four and two on a two game losing streak. And I gotta be honest with you, Ole Miss has not been the best in big game situations no. you know, in terms of, in terms of winning those, but Auburn turns around after playing Ole Miss and has gets to stay in Jordan Hare stadium for the second week in a row and gets to play Mississippi state, a team who is currently on a two game win streak against the Auburn Tigers and potentially two of one of one of them being one of the worst games ever watched as an Auburn fan. The other one being uh, heartbreak over time and Caddy's first uh, game as Auburn's interim head coach, a game he would have won if uh, Tato would have gotten fired a week earlier. Quite possibly one of the most awesome Auburn losses of all time, by the way. Oh, yeah. Cat, uh, You have Cadillac running up and down the sideline like he's still wearing the jersey. Mm-hmm. It, it, that was – I would have killed to be at that stadium, though, even though that I – Absolutely cannot stand cowbells. <laughs> it's loud. Wade Davis is loud for sure. Uh, this Wade. Is an interesting outlook, Dylan. Um, uh, I'm kind of if you, if you see me looking down, I've got the Mississippi State roster. I, mm-hmm. I like to do that little number where I scroll. Um, not taking shots at Daniel, but I'm not looking at my phone, just following Snapchat. Um, anyways, um, love them to death. Sometimes it happens. Uh, I'm not blown away by the returners. Uh, I know that people have kind of high expectations for Mississippi State this year. Um, Will Rogers is hell of a quarterback. I, I, I truthfully believe that um, he worked great in the Mike Leach air raid system. Maybe Mike, Mike, Mike Leach, uh, Leach rest in paradise, swing your sword. But I'm not, I'm really just not high on Mississippi State this year. Um, and I'm, I'm really not understanding where people are coming from here. Uh, I'd be able to be fine, like a great seven and five bowl game team. Um, six and six bowl game team probably feels more right. Um, Will Rogers coming back on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Jaquavis Marks coming back um, at, at the running back. Jaden Wally, Justin Robinson, um, Justin Robinson, the redshirt junior. I actually think that their wide receiver Z is probably their best, their strongest suit right there. Yeah. Um, and I'm just not blown away. Um, a ton of experience up front for sure, um, which that never hurts. I, I'm not blown away by this roster, and, and I'm going, going to be completely honest with you. I'm just never going to take a Mississippi State defense that seriously. Um, they have stretches where they play fantastic ball as of late. And the scheme's not going to be a whole lot different, like schematically this year, for Mississippi State than what we've seen in years, these past several years under Mike Leach. I just, I'm, 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 I'm finding a hard, t- I'm having a hard time finding a way that that Auburn cannot win this game. You know what I mean? I, they can yeah. certainly lose it, certainly, but I, I, I have a hard time finding a way that they can absolutely not win this game. And you look at the fact that so you turn around, you they hired. Uh, Zach Arnett after the way too soon death of of Mike Leach. Uh, again, may he rest in salt. Uh, may he rest in paradise. Uh, swinging his sword with all the greats up there. But you turn around and so they went and hired Kevin Barbet as their offensive coordinator, who I believe was App State's last year. Yes. And you hire, bring up Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator, and now you have a Mississippi State team who is, for the first time that I can remember, so I don't know if Kroom was way back in the day a defensive-minded coach. Yeah, because uh, I mean Dan Mullen, very offensive-heavy. Certainly Joe not Moore, defensive-minded. Exactly, uh, he's not recruited-minded either. Uh, Joe Moorhead, offensive guy, barely a coach. <laughs> Mike Leach literally has an entire offense <laughs> built by him. And Pretty awesome, by the way. Yes, I love the air. I I, I love the air raid. Oh, it, the air raid is awesome, and especially whenever it gets mixed around with uh, the triple option. And 
was what bowl game was that again? It was one of the military. Oh, the uh, the Cheez It Bowl between yes. uh, between Mississippi State and Air Force. It was the fastest slow game you've ever watched. <laughs> it it was four verts, four verts, and triple option, triple option. It, it was weird. No, it wasn't weird. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, but it was a weird mix because you watch one team only throw the ball and the other team was running the ball. It's it, it's a weird thing. It was gorgeous. Yeah, but Kevin Barbet hired as the offensive coordinator, was the App State offensive coordinator. So you can expect a little bit of the same air raid tactics, but with a little bit more of a balanced attack in a sense. Sure. Uh, and for a team that Mississippi State is not built for running the ball, uh, we've no. seen this in the last two years. They have been one of the worst in the SEC in terms of running the ball, which it makes sense whenever you pass the ball 40 or 50 times a game. Uh, but the key factor of this game is Will Rogers, who I sure. believe is without a doubt, without arguing in the slightest, the best player on Mississippi State's team. A guy who I think is very much underrated in terms of his ability to you know pass the ball. Uh, very well. Uh, I believe he is. I I think after this year, he's going to lead the SEC in career passing yards. That and, that's usually what happens when you play under a Mike Leach offense. But yes, yeah, and and it helps that he's gonna the air rate's kind of still gonna be there, but just a little bit more uh, running the ball. I mean, here's the deal: one year trans, and when you're using it as a transition, you're doing. If Will Rogers is playing quarterback, let me tell you something that 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 whatever ball club that is is going to do, and that's sling the rock. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they should. So, carry, carry it on, my friend. I just want, yeah. wanted that little side note. Like, don't take the ball out of out, out of Will Rogers' hands, dude's. <laughs> and, dude, he's dangerous with the football, and it does help. Uh, and it helps Auburn's case on defense, where they lost their premier corner in uh, Emmanuel Forbes, a guy who was like six foot three, six four, uh, a beam pole who could just bat the ball no matter where he was standing from sure. the field. Uh, a guy who gave Auburn a lot of fits last year. And Ole Miss returns four stars on that defense. And they return eight stars in the offense. So the offense, you, you pretty much know. State, yes. What? You said Ole Miss. You mean Mississippi State, but yes. I, Mississippi State. Just, they're the same team. The state of Mississippi. <laughs> the Cowbell one. <laughs> uh, they return eight starters on offense, four on defense. And you're kind of in a rebuilding year for the defense. I don't. The defense, uh, in terms of recruiting, they didn't do that well. Uh, I mean, 34th in the country is good for what? Freaking 13th in the SEC, possibly. And I mean, they're starting off very well in recruiting for the 2024 cycle. But also, you got to look at the transportal class. Finished 37th in the transportal class. That is not how you progress a team in right. this era of college football. And I think when you look at Auburn's class, you have true freshmen who are looking to start. I feel like you probably have the same thing with Mississippi State. But you, Auburn turned around and turned a it turned this team into a transfer-heavy team. Like Auburn finished in some rankings second and some rankings fourth, but top five overall in transfer portal rankings. Mississippi State didn't do that. They lost some players in the portal, and they didn't gain a lot back in return. Right. And I think when it comes to – there's a certain guy who I listen to all the time for Barstool who's a big Mississippi State fan. He hates Auburn a lot, but he thinks that Mississippi State is a lot better than they actually are. And when I read about people saying that, oh, that Mississippi State is going to finish seventh in the SC West, I, I get mixed feelings because Mississippi State gets picked to finish last in the West all the time. But they always find a way to not. Right. This year, new coach – having Will Rogers helps. 
But yeah, I think it wins you six games. Exactly. I, I still think this is a bowl team, but I don't think this is going to be a team that's going to take Auburn down for the third time in a row. Agree. And and I got to be honest, the only reason Mississippi State won two years in a row is because Auburn had the worst coach in the history of their program who didn't know how to coach with the lead. And Auburn waited way too long to fire him last season. And then yada, yada, yada. You, you yeah. know how the rest of the story the, plays the whole The whole spiel. But going into this year, I think Mississippi State probably does finish last in SC West. And and I think they're going to give – they probably might win a game they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, Arkansas, Kentucky, they they always give those teams fits. Uh, A&M, they always seem to beat A&M as well. But going into the third year after losing to Mississippi State two years in a row, I find it hard to believe that Auburn loses under you freeze. I, 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 you want my not my numbers? Is that, is that what we're really doing? <laughs> I guess. I mean, I think I, I told you, I think that Mississippi State defense is pretty bad. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I like kind of more numbers than probably should. Let's go five tutties and a field goal, 38, Auburn 38. Um, just Will, Will Rogers factor alone, 38 24. Um, dude's gonna throw, he's gonna sling the rock. Uh, I, I, I really do think that there's going to be a little element of um, putting the team on his back uh, for Will Rogers and making his case to be a quarterback in the National Football League, which, by the way, he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will be an element of that. So I like I like 38-24. I like I like the thirty-eight number a lot because I was going to I was like I was going to go thirty-eight thirty. That's fine. Line. I mean, I I think I, the Mississippi State defense. They were good last year, but I think they lost a lot and didn't gain as much to help it. So I think that's going to lead to Auburn having a not a field day, but uh, having some fun on offense uh, for at least some of the game. And Mississippi State, you just can't stop the air raid. It, it's hard to stop. And when you can't stop it, it they still put up a lot of points. Uh, but, I mean, going into going into the Vandy game, uh, Vandy's homecoming game, me and you stand with Auburn at a – Six and two record. Bowl eligible. <laughs> Bowl eligible in week eight or week nine, actually, because the bye week. Bye week. So week nine, Auburn is bowl eligible for us. And I don't know what the other two haters are gonna say, you know, after <laughs> after last week's uh escapade that happened between those two. But I like where we stand. <laughs> Very much right. so. Hey, if Auburn fans know that they're going bowling after week nine this year, then the vibes are gonna be high. Um, I'm not sure. telling you guys that your expectation should be a six and six team every single year, but after what you've been through the past couple of years, go and uh, celebrate being bowl eligible and real and recognize the fact that this team is has has leadership that's taking it seriously, and that, that's that's a nice, uh, I guess, something to fall back on, right? Oh, for sure. Do you want to continue going on into other Auburn athletics news, Dylan? Yes, I do, and I we're going like- to kick it over to the diamond. Yes. For a little professional baseball news that had transpired uh, probably, I want to say, like an hour before we started recording. Right. Uh, but Ryan Bliss, uh, former Auburn second baseman. Who's second baseman? was shortstop. Middle infielder, but yeah. yeah. Uh, infielder Ryan Bliss has been traded from the Diamondbacks to the Mariners. I love this. I love this to death. Um, the Mariners are not young. The Diamondbacks are young. At the, at the professional level, um, there's a path for Ryan Bliss to play in the MLB. And uh, he's, he's had a great season with uh, the Emerald Sod Poodles, the double affiliate of the 
uh, of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Progression is on on course. Um, this guy, this guy could be in the show next year. And um, Seattle's that ticket. Seriously, um, they're 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 a youngish team. The infield not super super young. Um, I like it. I, I don't know that he'll be a day to day starter, but I, I do think that a forty man roster is, is super super feasible for Ryan Bliss, and and that's awesome. Plus, then we can get those beautiful seafoam green. Like, you know, I'm talking, yeah, uh, a Ryan, Ryan Bliss jersey. Mariners jersey sounds oh, way man. better than a Bliss Diamondbacks jersey. Uh, Diamond, Diamondbacks got the they're, they're they do that say they do. On it are pretty damn but cool. I'm just imagining like a, a Griffey era jersey. Oh, but with Bliss's name, Ryan Bliss's name on it. Yeah, that that's yeah, we're we're doing that. that Which all that. reminds me of when I could have bought a King Griffey jersey. Uh, I could have just. <sighs> But it, I, it was like, oh, all the jerseys are twenty bucks. I grabbed the, I just reached and just ripped the Griffey jersey off the hanger. And he goes, actually, actually, that one is seventy five. I was like, I've never oh. seen you more heartbroken in your life. Yeah, it, it sucked. That was that was. A I was moment. I was grasping at straws. I was like, I was asking people for money. Trade's not always a bad thing in the MLB. Um, if you're if you're a prospect to be moved, um, yeah, this is a really really good outlook uh, for for Ryan Bliss. Other Auburn athletics news: uh, Swimmer Ainsley Jones makes the cut for Olympic trials and the 200 breaststroke at two minutes thirty seconds, thirty point six two seconds. So, Dylan, I'm gonna be honest. I really don't know anything about swimming, <laughs> uh, but making, I'm not very good at make, it. Making the cut for Olympic trials seems like a pretty damn good step. Um, and I just wanted to throw that on the show and that this did happen a few days ago. So if you guys yeah. that have already heard about it, sorry, but I thought this I was have to ask, 200 breaststroke. What is 200 yards? 200, 200 meters, meters, 200 meters. Yes. Yes. 200 meters swimming yes. in yeah. two and a half minutes. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, no. Oh, it's impressive as hell. I don't know anything about swimming. You know, um, you know, there's like, those like things you get asked, like, do you think you could score a touchdown in the NFL or do you think you could rush for like then you could gain a yard or five yards on like a run or whatever. Mm-hmm. I could probably do that before I could swim 200 meters in two and a half minutes. Yo, got confidently. Yeah, no doubt. The, the, that, the, doing it, the Olympics needs to do a thing. Just let normal people do. Let an average person do the same thing beside them so you can understand. <laughs> and watch as, as soon as they get to, I want to say about 50 meters with a normal person, uh, they're going to be asking for the lifeguard who is on duty for some reason at an Olympic event. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, literally, literally. Um, but congratulations to Ainsley Jones. Like, like I said, not huge knowledge of of how swimming, like the the swimming world dynamic works. But making the cut at Olympic trials feels like a really good accomplishment. Um, matter of fact, we, I'm not going to act er, uh, ignorant in that regard. That is a phenomenal accomplishment. Oh yeah, we for sure wanted to include uh, on the show um, Saturday. You know, at speaking of Olympic gold medal, uh, say, another uh, another fun sport that'd be fun to watch a normal person be good to try. <laughs> this would be good. Uh, they should let. They should, we should let Daniel try to do this alongside people so we can appreciate this. Especially Speaking these two. <laughs> of Olympians, uh, Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time, the U.S. Gymnastics Classic will feature Suni Lee and Simone Biles. Must see appointment television, period. Appointment Jeez. TV. I've been waiting so long to watch Suni perform again and to see the fact that she's going to be next to Simone Biles. So damn cool. It's awesome. It's and so cool. Something we missed out on because Simone uh, Biles took her mental health very seriously, as everyone should do. Right. Uh, missed out on it last the last Olympics, but now we actually we get to watch the two best Olympian Olympic gymnasts in the world. Uh, you know, for the greatest country in the world as well. Uh, let, me ah! get on my, <laughs> let me get on my American soapbox real quick. Right. That's right. Because <laughs> I see maybe 
two gold medalists. Paris in 24 is going to be so damn fun. I'm so yeah, excited. Looking, looking for tickets. I uh, You're not lying. <laughs> very I, I, tickets. <laughs> very, very much excited that I actually am going to be in Paris for the Olympics next year. And that I get to see Sunisha Lee um, and Simone Biles said by I, I smell cool. content. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Don't worry. <laughs> you can get a media pass. See yeah, the I'll, interview, Suni. I'll, I'll get right on that. Yeah, I'll yeah. know where the College Loop podcast and they should know who we are. <laughs> yeah, 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 we we got we got media passes for like a for a spring practice for. I'll just bring my eight days pass. I'll just give my eight eight day pass. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they yeah. won't. The, Hugh Freeze looks like a looks like an Olympic coach. You know, they, right, they, let's ride by. <laughs> on that note, I'm Harrison Tar. I buy Harrison Tar on the X app now. Apparently, Twitter. Um, if you guys want to come hang out with me there, Dylan made a fantastic crystal ball graphic. If you've not seen it, we mentioned it earlier in the show. You absolutely need to go check it out on Twitter. Like I said, that handle is at by Harrison Tar. If you've not already liked, subscribe, and ring the bell on the YouTube channel, please do. Make sure you like, subscribe, and uh, like this video. Drop comments. We want to hear your questions for Theoretical Thursday. What if blank happened in Auburn history? Uh, what if we didn't have little Italy's. That's just an interesting uh, avenue we could explore. Um, if that's something you guys are interested in. The Ellis family would have never committed Auburn. That's certainly true. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a statement of fact. Um, but make sure um, you drop your comments in this video and let us know where what you guys want to hear, what kind of content you guys want to hear, especially going into fall camp. Yeah, football's, I mean, there's a football game on Thursday this, this week, guys, a live football game on Thursday. It's the NFL Hall of Fame game. It doesn't count, but there is football. Uh, um, Jets and Browns, I believe, right? Yes, yes. It's... Yeah. Anyways, the two so premier football league. That's right. That's right. But we want to hear from you guys. Thank you guys so much for your constant uh, love and support. Uh, make sure you check out all of our friends over at the War Report and over at the Uptempo Podcast. Great content from this podcast family, this podcast network. We're blessed to be a part of it and blessed to have you guys along for the ride. So, Dylan, I'm gonna throw it over to you. As long as everyone promises they're gonna like, subscribe, and ring the bell. Uh, yes. Again, and of course, before I give my whole spiel, I just let everybody know again. Go to the report. Dot com, go to the shop or I click the link in the description to get your feeling loopy shirt today. But yeah, I'm Dylan Lark at you boy the tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just right there. You can also scroll down to the link in the description. Go on all of our Twitters there and the link for the shirts. But of course, yeah, follow me there. And if you're listening, it's at Y-A-B-O-I the tank. I'll follow the college loop literally everywhere. That's X, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, the works. We are, I believe, under 50 subscribers away from Colin having to do a TikTok dance. I'm checking the math and, right now as you speak. And 550 subscribers 47, away. 47 away. 47. So that means we are 553 away from getting a MySpace. And Colin has to do has to run the MySpace as well. Oh, so no, we have, of, we have four, 453 right now, so we're only 547 away. There we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but... Of course, if you want to listen to the podcast, you have us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. And with all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast.